or the third episode, excuse me, third episode of Sweet Seats. I'm Anthony Schulte, alongside Tyler Ratliff, Grady Bullock, and Dallas Romberg. All right, today. Well, last night, the Detroit Pistons, late at night, 10.30 tip-off, played the Los Angeles Clippers at the Crypto.com Arena. And, well, it did not go as planned for the Pistons in the fourth quarter. Through, th through three quarters, the Pistons were basically winning the whole game until the end of the third quarter when Paul George hit a three. And then we let it go in the fourth quarter. Um, Dwayne Casey, his lineups are questionable. They've been questionable all year. But um, this one's quite puzzling with about 58 seconds left to go in the fourth quarter. We're down by four to the Clippers. And we have a lineup of Killian Hayes, Jaden Ivey, Sadiq Bey, Boyan Bogdanovich, and Marvin Bagley. That's a very small lineup, a very small lineup against a taller team, a more physical team in the Clippers. And we also have Jalen Duren, who had a career night last night on the bench. He leads the league at 51% in offensive and defensive re uh, rebounds percentage. So the percentage, he'll get a rebound over one of his opposing players. And he's on the bench. And, and you're down also, by four. Sorry for interrupting, but he's also only 18. He's, he is only 18, but and when you're making 19. a difference in the game, when you're making a difference in the game, his plus minus last night was plus five. One of the only players in a plus minus situation, plus minus, if you're plus, you're a positive impact on the floor. Why do you, why are you playing, Sadiq Bey was at the four. So you're playing a six, seven player at the four and you have Jalen Duran on the bench that, that is a true center and Marvin Bagley plays the four. So you're playing a, a undersized center at 6'10", well, generous, 6'10 for Marvin Bagley. And Jalen Duran, who is 6'11", and an offensive rebounding and defensive rebounding monster, he's on the bench. Why? You need to get those rebounds. There's a situation where they missed a shot, but we didn't get the rebound because they were taller than us. And we couldn't, we couldn't get the rebound. We just weren't as tall. Jalen Dern's out there. He's getting that rebound, and we have another possession going down the floor. Instead, that turned into another two points for the Clippers, making it a six-point game instead of a four-point game. So I'm going to open up here to you guys. What do you, what, do you, what do you guys think of Dwayne Casey as a whole this season, and especially last night towards the end of that game? Well, I mean... I agree with you in the statement that they need to get Jalen Duran in the game more because, I mean, the guy's averaging 1.2 blocks a game, mm -hmm. and you see it, like, when he's in. The size of that guy is insane. He he's turns 19 today. Beast. 19 years old today. He's been playing in the league as an 18-year-old. I would say that Jalen Duran has the potential to be the next Ben Wallace, Dennis Rodman type player for the Pistons, definitely. And especially they have other guys that are very good on defense and rebounders such as Isaiah Stewart and, mm -hmm. like, Marvin Bagley. Yeah, so for him being as good as he is at his age, he is spending way too much time on the bench because he's honestly one of our better players already. And honest, honestly, I think he should be in those late-game situations, especially like when we're missing Cade Cunningham and Isaiah Stewart. Right. Now, yeah, so I completely agree with y'all. Like, why have Marvin Bagley? But then again, he's been used to running smaller centers with yeah. Isaiah Stewart being – what, 6'10-ish? Six, 6'8". Six, He's 6'8". Six, 6'8". Six, yeah. He's basically running a small center the entire time if Beef Stew's in. Yeah. But, again, want to bring up the point of rebounds. Jalen Duran had four offensive rebounds through the whole game and five defensive rebounds. While also, though, Jaden Ivey, as you said, small guy, still got one offensive rebound and three defensive, mm -hmm. so he's a workhorse down low even at his size. Jaden Ivey is one of the best rebounding guards in the league already, and he's a rookie. Um, 
I kind of want to I kind of want to touch on Jaden Ivey a little bit here more. He um I noticed a couple possessions during the game. He of course when you're a rookie you don't have the referee respect yet, but some of the times he'll go to the paint and he gets absolutely thrown to the floor and there's no foul call. He got he went up for for a layup and he got he got hit first when he was going up. That's a foul, but they called him for the offensive foul for using his off arm, even though that was after the original contact given by the uh, Clippers defender. So I've been noticing, and this is not just, not just last game, but there's a lot of times, like in the preseason, we'd see him go to the line a lot. And everybody was like, oh yeah, Jaden Ivey's going to be living at the line. Last night, he only had two free throw attempts. And he, he drove to the paint a ton. He, drove, he, caused, he, he, uh, he created a bunch of contact down low. And he's just not getting those calls. And it's kind of the same thing you're seeing with a bunch of rookies out here, and especially Jalen Duren, especially Jalen Duren. The referees aren't going to respect these rookies as much as like, a veteran team like the Clippers. Yeah, I would agree with the statement. I mean, we all know that eventually it's just going to take time that Jaden Ivey is going to be a superstar in the NBA. Mm -hmm. I mean, people are talking about already how he's having these crazy dunks all the time in these games, but you got to look at it from the defensive perspective too. He's leading uh, the NBA. He's leading the Pistons right now in steals with 1.3 steals this season averaging. And he's just he's a defensive monster, and he's slamming the ball all over the court with dunks. And yeah, he's just, he's insane. He's, he's been a, a great player for the Pistons. Um, one more thing I, I want to bring up here is uh, our defense last night. Our defense was, this was probably the best defensive game the Detroit Pistons have played this year. They're 29th in defensive rating, 29th in the league at defense, behind the Spurs, or only in front, uh, or only, the only team under them is the Spurs at 30. Um, the Clippers transition points, four, the whole game, not just in the first quarter, second quarter, for the whole game. Clippers turnovers. We forced 18 turnovers on a veteran-savvy Clippers team. And they had a 16% turnover percentage, about the average in the NBA is around a 12 to 13%. So the Pistons played their best defense. But in that same token, the Pistons played their worst offense. Their shooting splits, 37% from the field. Listen to this, 19% from three. We go 25% from three, we're winning that game. And 79% from the free throw line. Free throws have always been a problem. I've noticed Hamidou Diallo last night, he was making his free throws. Jalen Duran was making his free throws. That's improvement. But you're not going to win a game shooting 37, 19, and 79 splits. It's, you can't win games if you're not putting the ball in the basket. And it was a really, their Clippers are one of the best defensive teams in the league. They're top five in defensive rating. They're one of the, the, again, it's the veteran presence. It's Kawhi Leonard when he plays. He hasn't played that much this season, only three games. Paul George, he's a defensive player. They've got um, John Wall, who's more of a defensive player now in his career. They've got Ro Robert Covington, Rocco, Nicholas Batum. These are all defensive players. They've got a great defensive team. But you're shooting 19. You just need, need to make two more of those shots. And, like, th th these were open shots. I counted about four or five wide-open shots. Boyan Bogdanovich, Sadiq Bey. Jaden Ivey, these are wide open shots that are just not going in. And Jaden Ivey had this quote, had this quote um, last night. He said, the ball didn't go in the basket, but I applaud our effort. We were in there. You have a rookie, another quote that I liked. Uh, coach talked about execution in the locker room. We didn't do that in the fourth quarter. He's, he's realizing the situations. He's taking leadership. He said his communication needed to be better. All this per uh, James Edwards III of The Athletic. Um, you're seeing your rookie with Cade Cunningham out, he's taking that leadership step. And everybody was talking about Cade Cunningham's out. You need, you need to be more of a leader, right? And Jaden Ivey's been that.
that leader for the Pistons, while Kate Cunningham's been absent with injury. Reminder tonight, Pistons on 10.30 against the Lakers at the Crypto.com Arena. I want to move on from the Pistons. Let's talk about some uh, NBA standings here. Um, I just kind of want to know your guys' thoughts here on the NBA as a whole right now, kind of what teams are doing good, kind of what teams are surprising you, good and bad. Let's hear it. So you can go first. I've been hearing a lot about the Portland Trailblazers recently, and that's a team that hasn't done good, that didn't do any good last year, but all of a sudden now they're getting some hype around them. I think it was because I can't remember the name of the rookie they drafted. Um, Shaden Sharp. Yep, I think it's because of him, and I think he's been doing really well this year so yes. far. But yeah, but the Portland Trailblazers are just a team that has surprised me so far this year. Jeremy Grant, former Piston, he's been carrying Insane. that team. Damian Lillard, he was out for a little bit with injury. Anthony Simons is averaging over 20 points. Jeremy Grant had a game winner. He's had a couple huge scoring nights. And as a Jeremy Grant fan, of course, last year at the beginning of the year, I wasn't, if you guys remember, I wasn't a quite a big fan of Jeremy Grant. But he adjusted his game to help the team, and I love that about him. He's one of my favorite players in the league right now. He's, he's a great scorer, he's a great leader, and he's great for that Portland team. And that's why I think this Portland team is going to be a top five seed in the, in, in the West. Yeah, for sure. And, uh, well, my opinion on the NBA right now is, I mean, obviously you still have in the Eastern Conference, you got the Celtics and the Bucks, like last year with Jason Tatum on the Celtics. And you got Chris Middleton and Giannis on the Bucks, and then in the Western Conference, uh, you've got the Trailblazers, you've got the Suns, you have the Warriors, and the Pistons, which is pretty cool. I have to admit they beat the defending champs. We did, couple, we did, and we awesome. beat them by double digits, fourteen points. Yeah, and in my opinion, right now, even though even though we beat the Warriors, they're, they're looking really good. Steph Curry's looking great this season. Steph Curry's looking great, but they can't win on the road. I think that's last stat. They're zero and eight on the road. Unless they played on the road last night and they won, but as of as of when I last checked, zero and eight on the road, and it's just with the Warriors, it's a, it's a uh, yeah they are zero and eight on the road. It's a thing of just why isn't why aren't things clicking? Is it Jordan Poole and Draymond Green's altercation at the beginning of the season? Is it Clay Thompson not playing to Clay Thompson standards? Is it the young guys? Is it James Wiseman not playing? I mean. You've got James Wiseman's in the G League right now. Kuminga's barely playing. Moody's barely playing. Is it that they lost all those veterans from last year? Otto Porter, Gary Payton the, the second. And now they have to play these young guys, but these young guys just aren't bringing that same, like, warrior yeah, mentality, I, I guess. I, I think that could be it. But one thing I just want to talk about here is a couple teams that are on the rise, especially in the Western Conference, is I feel like not enough people, for whatever reason, give the Nuggets credit. I feel like I just don't feel like the Nuggets are talked about enough. Everyone in the everyone that knows the NBA always talks about in the Western Conference the Suns, the Trailblazers, and the Warriors because they have just like stacked rosters. Like they got the popular, yeah, they have Damian popularity Miller, play. Devin exactly. Booker, Stephen Curry. But nobody really talks about the Nuggets and yeah. the Joker. I mean, they have one of the best players in the league, and I feel like yeah, he's underrated. I think it was yeah two years ago he won MVP, didn't he? Uh, he's back-to-back MVP. Back-to-back back MVP. And the season See, like, before, yeah. Insane. And, like, people talk about still, like, LeBron more than they do him lately. And LeBron, mm-hmm. in my opinion right now, especially this season, is going down and age is catching up with them. And people still talk about LeBron more than they do the Joker. Yeah. No, I agree. And, and one, one more team in the NBA I kind of want to touch on. Grady, I want to get your thoughts on these, these guys over here. 
the Sacramento Kings. Light the beam, Grady. Oh, Light the yeah. beam. Oh, I've been loving the Kings basketball oh, yeah. so far with uh, De'Aaron Fox, you know, Sabonis. Sabonis is a monster, man. They've just been a great, great team so far, and I, I love watching them. Like, every time they're on, I turn them on, you know. Yeah, Kevin Herter is a great player. Uh, Keegan Murray, I mean, he's a great player. Kings selected him over Jay Nivey. I feel like he fits that team more than Jay Nivey would because, I mean, think about it. Who's their small forward? Harrison Barnes. Keegan Murray's going to slide in, especially in the next couple of years. He can show some more development, some more growth. He's going to be the perfect player for them. They made the right pick. In hindsight, they made the right pick, so good on Sacramento, and I'm happy for them. They haven't made the, the playoffs in 16 seasons. They're, that's a team that I'm rooting for. Them, the Trailblazers, Cavaliers, those are all three teams that aren't yeah. the Pistons that are like, you know what, those are fun teams I want to see them win. Any more thoughts on the NBA? One thing I just – you were talking about the Kings there for a second. I yeah. looked this up. I'm a, I'm a big De'Aaron Fox fan. I love Kentucky basketball when he was yep. at Kentucky. I love them there. He went to the Kings, and I've just been kind of waiting for him to blossom in the NBA. And this year, I think is this is obviously his year in the Kings. Mm-hmm. And I looked this up. And De'Aaron Fox, one thing that's always amazed me with him is his speed with the ball. Like, that guy yeah. can move. And, like, no, a lot, not a lot of guys in the NBA can do that. And I Googled it. Like, what is the average speed that he can run with the ball? Do you guys just take a guess at what it is? Average speed? 13 Man. miles an hour, maybe? I'll say 10 miles per hour. Uh, maybe, like, 11.5. 16 wow. miles an hour Damn. with wow. the ball. That is insane. Wow. That is fast. He is, and, and it's kind of the same thing we're seeing, like, John Morant, Jay Nivey, these – these fast guards are kind of taking over the league. Like these fast, you know, six three, six four guards are really, no pun intended, running the league right now. All right, we're we're gonna move on here to some football. Of course, we're in the the heart of football season. We're in the heart of the football season. What are you guys' predictions for this? We got some we got some big games this this weekend. What are you guys' predictions? College football predictions. Let's hear them. Uh, well, you see, I was thinking more on the NFL side okay, when we'll you were talking about college or we'll football predictions. So, uh, so the three big games I have like on my big list are uh, Lions Giants. Obviously, you know, being a Lions fan, uh, Cowboys and Vikings. That should be a really good game. See if, like how good the Vikings and the Cowboys really are. Yeah. And then uh, Chiefs versus Chargers. We haven't really seen much out of the Chargers, but hopefully, you know, this game could be a big one for them if they come out with the win. Yeah. And then, if not, it'll just be another proving point that the Chiefs are one of the best teams in the league. Now that you brought up the Chiefs and the Giants, I do want to talk about one of the latest transactions of Kadarius Tony. I love Kadarius Tony. What a I, player. I mean, I personally see that Kansas City is going to be a great fit for him. The Giants were not a pass-first team, and yeah. he is a guy that can make plays and needs that ball in his hand. Versus the Chiefs, they're a big pass-first team because Clyde Edwards-Slayer, let's be honest, He's solid, but he's, he's not he's not a Saquon Barkley where you can run your offense through him. He's not gonna he's not gonna do everything you hand him. Right. Versus like so what that receiving core looks like. You've got Mercedes Vandalese scanting. Yep. You've got Kadarius Tony now, Juju. McCall Hardman. McCall Hardman. You've got some speed demons on that team. You've got some threats. Especially after Tyreek Hill, one of the fastest players in the league, uh, got traded to Miami over the offseason. Oh, yeah. yeah, just one thing I would like to bring up just really quick here. How awesome is it this week that we get the Bills and the Browns in Detroit? That's I mean, sweet. How awesome is that? You get Josh Allen, mm-hmm. Stephon Diggs, Nick Chubb, all these star players Miles that Garrett, you normally – Miles Garrett. Miles Garrett, you can't forget about him, obviously. Uh 
all these star players that we don't normally get to see in person and have the opportunity to go see are coming to Detroit. I mean, even the Bills, they're coming here two weeks in a row. How awesome is that? Yeah, and tickets not confirmed yet. They might be the past couple of years uh, when the Vikings came to town after the uh, uh, their stadium uh, roof collapsed due to snow and the Bills back in 2014. They also came to Detroit. Both those games after their season ticket holders got access to tickets first. They were free to the general public. So if if the the football fans in Detroit and in southeastern Michigan, Michigan in a, in a whole, can come to to Ford Field and see two. I guess I guess we'll see. The Bills are an elite team. The Browns are okay. The Browns the Browns are an okay team. To be able to see those two teams for free and be able to see some good football and good NFL football in the state of Michigan, it'll, it'll yeah, be pretty big. And obviously, I'm just well, I'm excited to see from Josh Allen this week. Is I mean he hasn't really played that great the past two games. And two weeks ago he had a press conference saying how the reason why we lost the game is because I I, I played awful. And he was on himself really hard, and he didn't have the best game week after that. And the question was, because of his arm, or what was it? I think this is a great week for him to go out and prove those people wrong that, hey, like I'm the best player on this field, and I'm, I'm the reason why we're winning games. Like I run the captain of this team, and when I go out and play good, we win games. And that's how it works. Now, let's be honest. If the Lions have any chance, it's by forcing the Bills to overtime. Yeah. So let's hope for that one. Yeah, Fingers well, crossed. You got you to gotta go for their kneecaps, as Dan Campbell would say. All right, quickly here, I want to hit on two college football games coming up to, uh, on Saturday. Or, yeah, on Saturday, excuse me, tomorrow. Um, two games. These are the two games I could find that were both against ranked opponents. USC-UCLA. I want your guys' predictions on USC-UCLA and your predictions on Utah-Oregon. Two top 25 matchups in the NCAA tomorrow. Well, I got to say here for me, um, I got to be honest with you. I'm not really – I mean, I know a little bit about USC and UCLA, mm -hmm. but I do – for whatever reason, I've just always been attracted to USC. USC this year has one of the best offensive lines in college football, and which is very – I wouldn't say rare for them. I feel like USC is normally established as a team that has – speed like wide receiver wise and not that they don't this year because they do but they have other factors on their team like d-line offensive line that their numbers are just insane and that's why their team has done better this year than they normally have i would say so i would say i got us usc winning the game All this right. year. Grady? uh yeah i'm kind of thinking the same thing i think it's going to be like a really good game offensively which is going to be really fun to watch and hopefully it's just a big high scoring game and, uh, you know, love to see points on the board. All right, Dallas? Yeah, speaking about USC, yeah, their offensive line has always been one of the better ones. The run game mm -hmm. has always been really good. But I could easily see an upset, oh, yeah. too. Yeah. But I think it's going to be a really close high-scoring game where either team can take it home, and it just matters. It's going to come down to those last mm -hmm. final seconds. I'm going to go with USC. Caleb, or Caleb, I think he's going to have a good game. Um, final, quickly here. Final one, Utah, Oregon. What do you guys got going? Oh Who's man, the win. I well for me, I just I love Oregon. I don't know about you guys. It's just something about those guys. They got the most flashy uniforms in yeah. the league. They're just some. They they have this swagger to them that I feel like no other team in the whole NCAA has. I mean, Oregon, you got ranked twelve. Utah, you ranked ten. But just I mean, obviously Utah had a great year last year and they've, they've I'm not saying they haven't had a good year this year too they have they're ranked 10 but I just feel like that 
Oregon is going to come out and be like, hey, we're the better team, and we're going to come out, and they're going to play fast, and they're going to win like they have all year. Quickly, quickly, pick I, prediction, prediction. I definitely think – I feel like Utah is going to win that game, mm-hmm. but I think it's going to be a close game. But it's not going to be like a super high-scoring game. It's going to be a major defensive battle. Okay, Grady? Yeah, kind of like what was already said, I've always just been a huge fan of Oregon football. And I've just always loved the jerseys since I was a little kid because mm-hmm. that just those colors, the green and yellow, go so perfect together on those jerseys. And I honestly, it might be a little biased, but I think they're going to come out with the win here. They've just been looking pretty good or yeah. really, really good all season. And I'm hoping they come out with it. Yeah, and both both teams are, I mean, even though Utah is ranked 10 and Oregon's ranked 12, they're both 8-2. and two. Right. Both got the yeah. same record. Mm-hmm. So, like I said, or Dallas said, it's going to be a good defensive battle because I feel like both teams, I mean, not that they're bad offensively, but they're both, I feel like, more dominating defensively than offensively. So I think it's going to be more of a defensive battle than an offensive battle in the game. But, like I said, I think Oregon's going to win. All right, well, we have some good matchups this weekend in football. Uh, thank you guys for t- tuning in to episode three of Sweet Seats this, se- this school year. Tune in Tuesday for a brand new rendition of Sweet Seats. For everybody here, Tyler Ratliff, Dallas Romberg, Grady Bullock, I'm Anthony Schulte. Thank you for tuning in.